We begin today the Gemara on Daf Chof Aleph Amid Aleph, about eight lines from the top of the page. The Gemara quotes what it said in the Mishnah, V'yesh Zuchus Tayla Gimel Shanim. Mishnah says that you have a woman, a Saita, she drinks from the waters, according to one opinion. So if she has a Zuchus, a merit, so then the effect of the waters does not happen immediately. And it could even be suspended for three years. So the Gemara and Herod here will discuss which Zuchus are we talking about that, this, uh, that the woman will not be affected immediately. There are more Gemaras around. A woman is not commanded to learn Taita. So she may be learning Taita, but if she's not commanded, so this chus should not have the, this kind of effect on her. So says the Gemara, so we must say, what kind of a chus is this? Zchus, the mitzvah. It's, it's only the, it's the chus of her fulfilling a mitzvah, the various mitzvahs that a woman is commanded, and when you fulfill a mitzvah of that's a kind of a chus that could save her from the effect of these waters. But on that, the Gemara asks, Schos the mitzvah. The schos of fulfilling a mitzvah. Me, magna, kulahai. Will it protect her to this extent that even after she's done the mitzvah and now she's here and she's drinking these waters, could the effect of the mitzvah last even after the mitzvah and protect her at this time as well? So the Gemara here brings a b'raise, a lengthy b'raise that will discuss the schos of learning Torah and the schos of a mitzvah and the difference between them. And we'll see here, from this b'raise, that the schos of a mitzvah is not powerful enough to protect her from these waters, from the effect of the waters that she drinks. Tanya, we learned in Abraise as follows. Azu darish Rab Menachem Bar Yaisi. This is what Rab Menachem Bar Yaisi darshened. The pasuk says, "Kiner mitzvah v'tayra er." That a mitzvah is compared to the light of a candle, and tayra it says, "Er, it's light, which would be the light, the sunlight, the light of the day." What does this mean? Talakos of a mitzvah b'neir. The tayra says that the light of a mitzvah is like the light of a candle. V'satayra and the light of tayra b'er, like the light of the day. So what this means is, it's a mitzvah b'neir. The mitzvah is compared to the light of a candle. This tells you, Just like the light of a candle, so it only provides light, so it gives protection for the person temporarily, as long as the candle lasts. Af, mitzvah, so too, when it comes to the fulfillment of a mitzvah, It only protects the person temporarily, which means at the time when he fulfills the mitzvah. Okay, that's regarding a mitzvah. Now, the Torah is compared to light, the light of the day. To say it to you, just like the light of the day, is, so it, it provides light for the person forever. It's not like a candle that burns and just burns out. So too, the Torah protects a person forever, even after he's not learning Torah. Now, on this, the Pasuk says in another place, When you walk in your path, it will guide you, it will show you the right way to go. So, what does this refer to here? There's a continuation of the Pasuk, and the Gemara here is going to explain, not just the beginning of this Pasuk, but the continuation as well. Let's see. So, what that means is, That's the guidance that you get, the light that you get from the Torah over here in this world. Then the Pasuk says, when you lie, it will protect you as well. This means even after a person passes away. 
So the light of Torah will protect them as well. And when you awaken, it will be the words that you speak. This means loss of love. This means in the future, the Torah also will come and protect the person. And the Braise gives a mashal. Mashal Adam Laila. The analogy of a person that's walking in the night, in the darkness of the night. Vafela, very heavy darkness. Or and he's afraid, from thorns, from paddles or from pits, or also other types of thorns, thistles, maybe that's the translation, is that what they have there? Okay. Or from wild beasts that are out at night. And also, and from bandits. And he can't see, doesn't know where he's going, doesn't know what's going to end up happening to him. If he gets hold of a torch of light, a torch of fire, so this helps him partially. So this will save him from not going into a place of thorns or into a, into a pit. But he's not yet fully protected. But because it's still nighttime, which at nighttime, the wild animals are out and thieves and bandits are out in the road, so he's still afraid of them. The torch that he's holding in his hand won't help him, won't save him from that. So he's still not sure where he's going to end up in. When the morning star comes up and it starts getting light outside, so now he's saved from the wild beasts that hide again and from the bandits that are not out in the morning. But still, he's still not safe and 100% sure where he's going to end up being, where he's going to end up going to. Because it's, he's, still, he's still on his way. He doesn't know where... He, this, the road that he's on is going to lead him to. Then this individual arrives to the fork in the road. Once he arrives, arrives to Prashas Drachim, so then he's, he gets saved from all of this. So we'll see soon, the Gemara will explain what Prashas Drachim refers to, right? So over here, what, the, what this price is talking about, as Rashi says, is that even when a person is walking in his life, and even if it's daytime, meaning that he has proper connection to Teda and Mitzvahs, but nevertheless, you never know if the Yitzhahara could overcome the person at any time and, and, and change his way. But when he comes to Prashas Drachim, which... The simple pshat means the day that he passes away and he lived life perfectly the way he's supposed to. So now, at that point, so he's safe. He lived life, he lived life out, and the Yitzhahara won't get a hold of him anymore. That's one pshat to explain the difference between Teireh and Mitzvah based on the Pasik, Ne'er Mitzvah and the Teireh. Dover Acher, another pshat, Avere Mechabe Mitzvah. If a person did a mitzvah, but then afterwards he does an aveda, the aveda will extinguish the merit of the mitzvah. Mm-hmm. But if a person learned teda and then he does an aveda, the aveda will not extinguish the merit that he has from learning teda. Right, so again, we see here that the zuchus of teda protects a person much more. If it protects a person, even if he did an aveda afterwards. Shenema, as the pasuk says, Mayim that Mayim Rabbim, even tremendous waters, mm-hmm. which refers even to the waters that come from the world, even an Aveda, cannot extinguish the love. And the love that this Pasuk is referring to refers to Teire, as Rashi here brings the Pasuk in Shir Hashirim, Vidiglu Alai Ahava, and the Ava that the Pasuk in Shir Hashirim is talking about is the, the Ava Yayin, the, 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 the Said actually, not, not Stam Teire, but the secrets of Teire, Pnimi Yisat Teire. So a person that learns Teire and he learns Pnimi Yisat Teire, so then the, the Avedis cannot extinguish this. So what's the Gemara's question? 
So from Rashi, see that the Gemara's question is, is, is mainly based on the last point that it said here, that when it comes to a mitzvah, an Aveda can extinguish this chus of the mitzvah. But when it comes to Teire, an Aveda will not extinguish this chus of the Teire. So regarding the woman, the Saita, so since we said it can't be this chus of Teire because she's not mitzvah to learn Teire. So which chus are we speaking about? This chus of a mitzvah. But if she's now a woman, a Saita, and she did an Aveda, the Aveda extinguishes this chus of the mitzvah. So how is she protected from this chus of the mitzvah that she fulfilled? So the Gemara explains that we have to understand the Brai series as follows. Omer Rav Yosef, so Rav Yosef says, Mitzvah, when it comes to a mitzvah, Be'idna the asipa. While the person is occupied in fulfilling the mitzvah, so magna u matzla. The mitzvah will protect the person, and the protection refers to the protection of any suffering or any punishment. While a person is doing the mitzvah, Hashem will not bring pain, yisurim, or punishment upon him. And also matzla. While he's doing the mitzvah, he'll also be saved of the yitzahara that should overcome him and convince him of anything else. That's the two things, magna and matzla. That's while he's doing the mitzvah. Be'idne the loyasik bay, but that is. However, in the time when he's not occupied in the mitzvah itself. So aguni magna. The protection of the mitzvah, of any suffering, of any yisurim that Abisha would bring upon the person, that actually continues even after you do the mitzvah. I had said in the Braise that if he does an Aveda afterwards or when he's not doing the mitzvah, the protection of the mitzvah does not continue. That's regarding another point. Atsuli loy matzla. Regarding being saved of the Yitzhahara that should overcome him, that will not be there for the person when he's not doing the mitzvah. Right, so when the Braise said that Aveda mechabe mitzvah, that the Aveda could extinguish a mitzvah, it doesn't mean regarding protecting him from Yisurim. If a person did a mitzvah, so then that mitzvah will protect the person from any pain and suffering afterwards. What it means that it does not protect the person from, it means he will not be protected from the Yitzhahara, which may now have a way to overcome it. Right, so therefore, this could fit with the point that we said before regarding the Saita that she will be protected from the Yisurim that would come from these waters. Even if now she did an Aveda, the Aveda does not extinguish the protection from the mitzvah. Now, what's the advantage of Teireh? When it comes to Teireh, when a person learns a person that learns Teireh, whether he's actually learning now, whether he's not learning Teireh right now, the Teireh will always provide for you protection from Yisurim and will also save you from the Yitzhahara to overcome you, that you should not come to sin again. That's the Pshara of Rav Yasef. So it fits with our Mishnah. But on this, Maskef Lo Rabbe, Rabbe asked the question to Rav Yasef, how could you say this? If you're telling me that learning Teireh is so powerful, that it always protects you and it always saves you from the Yitzhahara. So here you have two examples, Dayik Vachitayfel. These two individuals, Doeg and Achitaifel, they were great Taita scholars. Miloy Aski Bitaira, didn't they learn a lot of Taita? So Amai Lohigina Alayu. So why did the Taita not provide for them their protection? And here, even though the Gemara uses the term Higina, it means really what it said before, Matzla. And the Gemara is asking, they later became big Rishayim. So even though they learned Taita, they were not saved from the Yitzhahara. But we just said that someone that learned Teireh, even after he's not learning, not only is he protected from punishment, from Yisurim, but he's also protected and shielded and saved from the Yitzhahara. So how did these individuals that learned Teireh later become big Rishayim? Yeah. I mean, this is a question, Bechlal. I mean, the Gemara is choosing this example of Daigan Achitaita, but you could ask the question, Bechlal. Could you say that a person that learns Teireh, he'll, he'll never again be prone to the Yitzhahara ever coming and talking to him and over, overcoming him? How could he say that?
So Elo Amarave, so Rave says, the Pshar is a bit different. Teire, when it comes to Teire, Be'idne Da'asikba, in the time when the person learns Teire, Magna Umatzla. While he's learning Teire, it will protect him from any Yisurim, and it will also save him from the Eight Sahara. Be'idne Da'asikba, however, in the time when he's not learning Teire, Aguni Magna, he's still going to have the protection of the Teireh, that it'll protect him from any punishment, any Yisurim, but Atzuli Matzla. It's not going to save him from the Yitzhahara. The Yitzhahara will still be able to come to him. When it comes to a mitzvah, mitzvah, beim bidne dosikba, beim bidne deloyasikba, when it comes to a mitzvah, whether he's doing the mitzvah right now, whether he's not doing the mitzvah, aguni magna, a mitzvah only provides a person a protection from Yisurim, but matzla. A mitzvah will never provide a person a protection of the Eight Sahara, even while he's doing the mitzvah. The Eight Sahara could come and disturb the person. That's the, the difference between taita and mitzvahs. Okay, so again, the point still remains that a mitzvah does provide a person protection from punishment even after he did not, he's not doing the mitzvah anymore. Or even if he did an aveda afterwards. And therefore, this woman over here will have this zechus. Okay, so this, it's interesting, this point over here. According to this pshat that the Gemara is saying now, Rav says that a Taita, while a person is learning Taita, he's fully protected from the Yitzhara. When it comes to a mitzvah, even while he's doing a mitzvah, the Yitzhara can come and disturb him, and then, then talk to him and read the mind and ashtos. So how pichsid is, that ever brings us in a sikha, you can understand the difference, because Taita takes over a person b'pnimius, right? The yichud with the Eibishter in Taita is much more deep and much more internal. So therefore, you're fully involved in the Taita you learn, and therefore, the Yitzhahara is not shy to come in and disturb a person. Mashenkin, in, in, in a mitzvah, a mitzvah is just an action. A mitzvah is more makif, it's, it's more external. And therefore, the Yitzhahara over there could come and disturb a person. That's the maskana over here, how the Gemara describes the, pshat between, the difference between taira and mitzvahs. Taisus over here has a difficulty, Same according role. to this maskana, Taisus has a difficulty connecting this to the first pshat that the Braisa said, that the difference between Taira and Mitzvah is similar to the difference between a Nair and, and uh, a Nair Mitzvah of Taira Because in the beginning of the Braisa, it said that a Mitzvah is like a candle. Temporarily, you do have a protection. So Taisus asks, what do you mean? Now the Gemara is saying that even temporarily, he has no protection. Even while you're doing the Mitzvah, the Yitzhah could disturb this person. And when it comes to Taita, the Gemara says that it's like the light which is protecting the person forever. But according to what the Gemara says now, it's not going to protect the person forever. Even a person that learned Taita, after he's done learning, it's possible that the Yitzhah should come and, and, uh, and he'll turn into a Rasha. So Taisa doesn't answer this. Taisa says that this Pshat of the Gemara doesn't seem to fit with the first Pshat that the Braisa says. Okay, now the Gemara comes back and says a different pshat, what the schos of this woman, the Saita, is, that the waters will not affect her. Ravina, Ravina goes back to the original pshat. Really, the schos that a woman has is, is from Taita. The question we asked, she's not commanded to learn Taita, so how does she get such a strong schos if, if it's, it's not, she doesn't have the command? So the Gemara explains, True, she's not commanded to learn Taita. But nevertheless, she can get the schus of Taira. How? The Agra, with the reward for this, the Makrin or Masnim Benayu, that she brings the children to learn Taira. Mikra and Mishnah to both to learn Taira, right? She brings them to school and uh, that they'll, be, they'll be able to learn Taira there. And also, Venatrin Luhulu Gavrayu, and they sit at home and they wait for their husbands. 
that are in shul learning, until they come back home, do they not share the reward of the learning Taita with their children or with their husbands that are commanded to learn Taita? That's the schus of Taita that a woman has. So you see over here from this Gemara that the schus of the woman in learning Taita is like a Metzuvah Vaisa. She gets Mamish Aschar like the men themselves when she participates in bringing them to learn or waiting for them to come home from learning and she mamish gets the schar of Metzuvah Vaisa and that's what saves her from the waters of the Saita. The Gemara goes back now to the Lashon of the Braise. <coughs> Again? The second shot is that Taylor was only Megan. Taylor, what did you want to say before Rav said? When it comes to Taylor, Taylor is the the Asak Bay Magna Matzla. Right? I don't know, the Gemara said before that even regarding Taita, even when you're not Isaac in it, it also protect, protects a person from Yisurim. Look, look before the Gemara, the Gemara did say that. It does protect the person even after he learns. But he, the Gemara here, yeah, okay, look, look, it says it before Befeidish. Okay, the Gemara now comes back to the Lashon of the Braisa. The Braisa said regarding Taita that uh, when a person learns Taita and it comes to the Prashas Drachem, the fork in the road, so there the person is already fully protected. He doesn't have to be afraid at all anymore. My Prashas Drachim. What is this Prashas Drachim that the Braisa mentioned? Omer Avchister Avchister says, Zet Hamad Chacham V'yoyim Misa. This is a Tamad Chacham that's learning Taita, and he comes to the day that he passes away. So, he's, he's fully, fully protected. He, he kept the yoke of Taita upon him until the day he passes away. Avnachma V'yitzchak Omer Zet Hamad Chacham V'yirashet. Tamad Chacham that learns Taita. And he's God-fearing. So even if it's not the day that he's passing away, but the Yiras Chet that he has along with his learning Taita, so he fulfills mitzvahs, so that holds him back from Yetzirah coming and connecting to him. Mazutra, Omar Mazutra says, the Prashas Rachem is that, Tamad Chacham, the Salke Leishmaitasa, Alibe de Hilchasa. This is a Tamad Chacham that learns Taita, and not only he learns Taita, but the halachas that he says are accepted by all the Tamidim and the Besamedrish. That's the Prashas Rachem. That he's 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 being listened to and his halachas is so he's fully protected from the Sahara. Taisus over here asks on this why? Just because he's learning Taita and his halachas are being accepted, how is he fully protected from the Sahara? If he if it's not the day he passes away and there's no yiraschet there necessarily, so why is this so? So Taisus says because this tamat chachim is teirasayum nasay, and he learns Taita not only when he's in the bismedish but even when he walks in the street. He's thinking over, it's what he's learning in, in the Bismarck, is still in his mind. That's what he's thinking about wherever he goes. Texas brings the Lashon of the Gemara, that he doesn't go Dal Damas without Taita. So such a person that, that the words of Taita that he learns in the Bismarck are always in his mind, the Yitzhahara has no, can't come to him. Now going back to the other Pshat that we said before, the second Pshat, Aveda Mechabe Mitzvah, and Aveda could extinguish the Schus of a Mitzvah, and Aveda Mechabe Taita. The Aveda cannot extinguish the Schus of Taita. Am Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef said, Darshe Rav Menachem by Yosef lahai kra kisinai. Rav Menachem by Yosef dash in this pasuk the way it was handed down at Har Sinai. Vilmali darshua doig achitayfel, and if doig and achitayfel would have darshin this pasuk this way, leiratvu basa David, they wouldn't have uh, ran after David. In other words, they wouldn't have looked at, down at David in the negative sense. What happened? The chesiv, the pasuk says, Leimar elakim azavay v'gaimer. They looked at David Amalek and they said that the Abishter left alone David, even though David Amalek was so great and he learned a lot of Taita. But then he sinned with the, with the story with Bathsheba and because of that Aveda, they said that the Abishter left David. 
So therefore, they were they were going after David in, in, in a negative way. But if they would have known this chus of Taira that he had, they wouldn't have. My daughters, what did they darshan when they said it? Abish to left David. They darshan ervas dava. You should there shouldn't be ervas dava inappropriate, immoral behavior amongst you. And if if there is, the pasuk there continues and says that that the Abish will not be kodesh. You, you only can be holy if Abish is with you. But otherwise, Abish is not with you. That's what they thought about David Melach. But for Hainan and Yaidin, what they did not know was Shaveda Machaba Mitzvah. And Aveda could extinguish the Schus of a Mitzvah. But the Aveda will not extinguish the Schus of Taira that David Amalek had, and therefore the Abishu was always with him. Now going back to the Pasik that was quoted before, the Pasik of Mayim Rabbim. Mayim Rabbim Yuchul Habis Sa'ava, that waters, the Mari before said, even an Aveda cannot extinguish the love of Taira. That Pasik then concludes and says, what is the meaning of the Pasuk of here says, which means, how do they translate there? They will surely squander him. Surely squander him. So what, what? Okay, scorn him, I'm sorry. Okay. They will scorn him. What's the, what's the scorning that this Pasuk is talking about if we're talking about someone that's learning Taita? Amarole, so Ola says as follows. This is not, this Boizya Voizaloi is not referring to Shimon, which this Shimon, he was one of the Tanoim, and he's known as the brother of Azariah. And the reason why he was known as the brother of Azariah was because his brother Azariah came to Shimon and said, Look, you could learn Taita, but I can't. I'm going to do business, and I'll provide, and I'll give you all your Parnassah that you need for the Taita that you're going to learn. So he made that deal with him in advance, that I'm going to support you. So that's, that's perfect, that's beautiful. And also, And this Pasuk of Baizia Vaizulay. So this, the scorning, it's not talking about Yechen and the Baizia. So Rabbi Yechenin also learned Taira and the Nasi. He supported Rabbi Yechenin in his learning. Ella, rather, what this Pasuk is referring to is, Kehillul Veshevna, like the story of Hillel and Shevna. What happened with Hillel and Shevna? When Avdimi came, he said about Hillel and his brother Shevna, Hillel v'Shevna Achihavu, they were brothers. Hillel asak b'tayre. Hillel went to learn tayre. Shevna avadir iske, and Shevna, his brother, went into business, and he did not offer to support his brother in advance, that look, that I'm going to do business and support you. But then, Lisaif, in the end, Amalei, he comes and tells his brother, to nare v'liflik. Now, he says, come, and let's together invest, and you'll get part of, and you'll you'll get the support from me. Right? So only afterwards does he come and say, "Look, well, I'm successful in business. Come and uh, invest together with me, and you'll get support from me." So on this, we say that We don't need your support at this point. Abaska comes out and says, That his brother Shavna comes to him after the fact and says, Here, I want to share your schus of Taira and come invest with me. So at that point, we say that he can't share the schus of Taira. Okay. Let's see the continuation here. The Gemara comes now back to what it says in the Mishnah. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Talk to Gemara. Ben Azai, Ben Azai said, "Chayev Adam will maid es lalamid es v'chulu that a person should teach his, his daughter Taira." Rabbi Yezai, Rabbi Yezai says, "Kamalamid es bite Taira." Person that teaches his daughter Taira, malamda tiflus. He's teaching her tiflus. Tiflus means promiscuous behavior. 
So the Gemara asks, how could that be? Tifla, so he teaches her tighter, he's teaching her this, this uh, immoral behavior. So could you say so? So the Gemara says, what does it mean? If he teaches her tayre, it's as if he's teaching her how to behave in this way, in an inappropriate way. Why? Because as Rashi says that if she learns tayre, so then the chachma of tayre enters into her and she utilizes the chachma of tayre in a negative way. It causes her to sin in a sly way that she's, she hides. People shouldn't see how she's sinning. So therefore, it's not a good thing for her to learn tayre. Amr Abavar, Abavar also says, My time at the Rabbi What's the source of Rabbi Yezid? The Apostolic says, Ani chachma shachanti arma. I have wisdom, and then what dwells inside of me is arma. This sly wisdom, it's, it's utilized in a negative way. When the chachma enters into a person, it also could bring negative behavior where a person utilizes this wisdom, and not in a positive way, but armumius is, again, sly when a person knows how to sin and he shouldn't be noticed and so on. For Rabbanon, the Rabbanon in our Mishnah, which is really Ben Azai, and they disagree and they say that you should teach a woman taira and your daughter taira and there's no problem. Hi, any chachma my abdile? What do they learn from this pasuk where it says ani chachma shachanti arma? So mi they learn not something else from here. Look at Rabbi Yisi Bar Chanina. The Amr Rabbi Yisi Bar Chanina. Ein divrei taira miskaimen ela b'mi shemaimed atzmai adam aleyen. The taira only lasts and remains with the person that it completely undresses himself. In other words, he nullifies himself for the taira. That's what it means here. Where a person totally puts aside, he nullifies his own thoughts, his own ideas, his own ego for the title that he learns. That's what the arma over here means. Where does the title dwell in a person that's arma that nullifies and puts aside his own things? Taira only stays with a person that considers himself to be nothing. Shanama, as the Pasik says, that Chachma is only with a person that is ayin, that, that knows that he comes from ayin and, and sees himself as nothing. Okay, so as you see over here, this last point, that the, the Taira, the Kali for Taira, even though Taira is Chachma, but it's the Abish is Chachma, so therefore that has to be Bittal. But going back to the previous point, I just want to mention again, uh, I think I mentioned it when we learned the Mishnah, that regarding a woman learning Taira. So the Gemara over here brings the opinions that say that it's a negative thing for a woman, for a girl to learn Taira. And in the, the Rambam and Shulchan Aruch and al as well, bring this down, this halacha, that it's a negative thing for a woman to learn Taira because it can be used out negatively. But the Rebbe many times spoke about the fact and encouraged very much the women to learn Taira. Not besides the halacha satsrichis lahem, there are halachas that they're obligated to learn. I know all the details, and that itself could keep them busy all their life. All the Hilchas Shabbos, the entire Chassidus, all relates to a woman, everything. Avas Hashem, Yiris Hashem, Achtas Hashem. So that's enough Taita to learn for their entire lifetime. But even the halachas that are not Srikhis Lahan, the Rebbe says women could also learn Taita. And the Rebbe said a few points. First of all, the Rebbe said this that the Gemara says that the Taita brings armumius, it brings in this sly uh, behavior and so on. So women today are, anyways, learning and studying secular wisdoms and sciences and everything else. So they have that chachm in them anyways. So it's not like the Taita is going to introduce this attitude of this kind of a, a negative chachm in them. So you might as well teach them Taita and bring the Kedusha of Taita into them. Besides that, the Rebbe says that a woman that learns Taita and she's able to learn with her children that come home from school, she could learn with them the Chumash, the Mishnayis, the Gemara, whatever it is. It's a very positive thing for the Chinuch of the children for a woman to learn. 
And then additionally, the Rebbe says, the closer we come to Mashiach, the fact that we see that today it's very beneficial for women to learn Torah, it's all because we're coming to the time of Mashiach, which is Eshes Chayel of Teres Baila, that women will, will, will be able to learn Torah as much as the men, if not even more. If you want to see this thing extensively, there's a Sikha from Parshish Emar, Tavshin Nun, where the Rebbe speaks about this Indian with all the details. Okay, let's continue the Gemara. That a woman would rather have a kav and tiflus. What, so the Gemara explains what this means. My kama, what's the Mishnah saying? What the Mishnah is saying is as follows. A woman would rather have a kav, less food that she's being fed, or less parnosa, but with tiflus. But to have more of tiflus, her husband should be available for her relations with her husband, with him. Mitishes carbon appreciates. Then to have more parnasa, more food, and more, more uh, uh, than having more of that appreciates. But to be separated from her husband. Who are yaim chosed shaita? Rabbi Shua also said that he counts in the Mishnah. There's a chosed shaita, and then a rasha aram. A few different things. The Mishnah said that all of these are mevale oilam. They destroy the world. Now, what does a chosed shaita mean? What's the example of a person that seems to be a chassid, but he's really a shaita, he's a fool. There's a woman that's drowning. And he says to himself, It's not the right thing, it's not appropriate for my behavior to, to, to look at a woman and to go and to save her. In such a situation, to save her life, obviously this is a shaita. What's the situation of what the Mishnah then says? A Russia, a wicked person, which is Aram, which is conniving. Amr Rabbi Yechenen says, and here we have a bunch of pshatim, of what's a Russia Aram. So one pshat is, That's a person that he has a dintaira with somebody, and he comes to the judge, to the Dayan, and he gives him his side of the story, and he presents his case before his friend, the other Baldin, comes along. So because you give your side of the story before your friend, what happens is, the Dayan is already looking at you more favorably. Your your side of the story is already settled in his heart before your friend comes. So that's a Rasha. You just look like you're presenting your case, but really what you're intending to do is that he should look at you favorably. says, It's when you give tzedakah, you give a dinner to an Ani. And you're, you're giving him now one dinner, and now he has Masayim Zuz. What's the significance of the fact that he has 200 Zuz? If he has 200 Zuz, this actually will not take away his ability to, to take Maiserani. Or to take from Leket Shikram rather. Let's see here. The we learned in the Mishnah, Mesach it says, Mi Sheyeshloi Masayim Zuz. What is considered to be poor? A poor person is allowed to go into, out into the fields and take from the Leket Shikram those portions in the field that are left for a poor person. What's poor? So someone that already has 200 Zuz, Cannot take from the Leket Shikhapeya in the field and not from any Maiserani as well. Now, what's if a person has just one dinner less of 200 Zuz, so he's still considered to be poor? So even if a thousand people are coming at once and are giving him Maiserani all at the same time, he can take all of it. Because he has one less than 200 Zuz, so he can accept Maiserani, even though now he's accepting so much from so many people, but he, he can take. Right, so over here, this individual goes and gives this Ani that, that one more dinner, and now he has 200 Zuz, and now he can't accept any more tzedakah from anybody else. He can't, he, he loses the opportunity to get 
So you, you look like you're giving him tzedakah, but really you're taking away from him the opportunity to maybe get a thousand zuz that he could have got from a lot of people that would have given him this tzedakah. Rabasi Yom Rav Yechenen, he says a different shot of what a Rosh Aram is. This, when you give advice to sell, when there is an inheritance, and there's very little money, and what's the situation of the little money? We're talking about a person that passes away, and he has sons and daughters. So the halacha is, if there isn't enough money to, to provide the basic needs for the girls that they need to eat and so on, so then what happens? We have to leave that money for the daughters, for them to be able to eat, to have food. So they shouldn't have to go and knock on doors to beg for food for themselves. And their sons will not inherit, they're going to have to go and beg for food for themselves. That's the halacha if there's nechas muatim, if there's not enough money. Now, the Omer Avasi, Omer Avasi said the name of Rav Yechenen about this situation, that, that even though the daughters are supposed to get this money for, for their support, but Yisayimim, Shekadmu, Machru, Binachasim, if the sons went ahead and didn't ask anybody, they just went and sold these properties, or took these, whatever Yerusha there is, and they sold it for their own sake, so Masha Machru, Machru, what's sold is sold, and the daughters lose out, even though Chazal, instituted that you should leave that money there for the daughters, but if the sons went and took it and sold it, since when I tell you this is their Yerusha, once they sold it, it's sold. So this Rasha Aram, he wants this, he wants, he gives the sons the advice, you want to get the Yerusha from your father, go ahead and sell it anyways, and you'll be able to keep it for yourself. So he's causing the Takon of Chazal not to be fulfilled. Hmm. This is a person that gives advice to sell the nechassim to sell properties, like what Rav Shem Gamliel said. What is, what is the case we're speaking about? The Tanya, what happens if someone comes and says to his friend, I give you my properties. Now after you, meaning after you pass away, I want these properties to then go to somebody else. That's why he's giving it to Reuben, and then he tells Reuben, when you pass away, it should go to Pliny, it should go to Shimon. What happened? The first person, so in his lifetime, he, he entered into this property, but then he sold it. And and so now he sells it to someone else, and now there's someone else that he sold it to that's eating in this property. This second person that's supposed to get the property after the first person passes away, he can go from the buyer and say, you bought this property from this first person. And now that first person passed away. It's supposed to go to me. And he could take it away from the buyer. That's Rebbe's opinion. But Rav Shem Gamliel disagrees and he says, The second person only gets what the first one left over. If the first person went and sold it to someone else first, so now the second person will get nothing. So the Rasha Aram gives advice to the first person, you want to have the money, you want to keep it for yourself, sell the property before you pass away, and then the second person will get nothing. So you're basically doing something which is taking away from the really the, the, the real intention of the Jeez. person that gave you the gift. The person that gave you the gift intended that you should have the gift temporarily, and then later you should go to the second person. He's giving you advice to, adv- to avoid that. Hmm. This is a person that shows others how to behave according to his own behavior. He tells others, look, look at me, look how I behave. And this is, you should follow what I do. So he's really not trying to, to, 
help people behave properly. He's just trying to draw attention to his positive behavior so that people shouldn't look at his negative behavior. Mm-hmm. That's also Rosh Hashanah. He's he's conniving in his wickedness. Mm-hmm. The final pshat the Gemara says, or actually two more, the Gemara says here, This is a person that's lenient with himself, but he's machmer with others. When he, people ask him questions, he's very stringent with others, and he looks like a big tzaddik. And really with himself, he's very lenient. Ola says, this Rasha Aram is Shakara, Vishana, he learns Chumish, he learns Mishneh, but Vilashimish Tamid Chachamim. He doesn't learn Gemara. So this person looks like he's learning a lot of Taita, but if you don't learn the Gemara and you don't know the reasons and the understanding behind everything, so then you make a lot of mistakes, you can't pass on Allah's properly, and your learning of Taita is not proper. So he looks like a Tzadik, but really is a Rasha because he's not learning Gemara.